Welcome to All Things Cardio-Oncology. This is the podcast of the International Cardio-Oncology Society. My name is Steve Caselli. I'm the Executive Director of ICOS. Our organization is dedicated to collaboration across disciplines and around the world to facilitate advances in the growing field of cardio-oncology. It's a pleasure to have with us today two physicians who've worked together to establish a cardio-oncology program, which I'll let them tell you about in just a moment. Our first guest is Dr. Rui Ismail Khan. Dr. Ismail Khan is the co-director of the cardio-oncology program at the H. Lee Moffitt Cancer Center and Research Institute in Tampa, Florida, and an associate professor in the Division of Oncologic Sciences at University of South Florida. So welcome, Dr. Ismail Khan. Thank you. It's a pleasure being here today. And her colleague, our second guest, is Dr. Michael Fradley. Dr. Fradley is an attending cardiologist and electrophysiologist and an assistant professor of medicine at the University of South Florida. He also serves as the director of the joint USF Moffitt Cardio Oncology Program. So, welcome, Dr. Fradley. Thanks very much for the invitation. Well, it's great to have both of you here today, and I appreciate your time. I wonder first, um, since cardio-oncology is a relatively young discipline, if could each of you just sort of tell us a little bit about how your interest in cardio-oncology developed? Rui, you want to start? Sure, I can go first. Um, see, honestly, um, when I was doing my internal medicine residency, I had a really hard time choosing between oncology and cardiology. They're both very interesting, especially since my husband is a cardiologist and he had graduated from the same program three years before me. And I found his work very interesting. But as I did oncology, I, I did subspecialize in breast cancer. And as you know, in the breast cancer world, we have drugs that we use that have significantly improved overall survival and progression-free survival, but unfortunately have, in have uh, caused increased risk of heart disease. So actually that is what piqued my interest in cardio-oncology because I attended my first cardio-oncology conference for that reason back in 2009. And since then I was pretty hooked. <laughs> yeah, excellent. What about you, Michael? Yeah, so I um, was training in electrophysiology and um, during that time I started noticing there was quite a few uh, patients who were um, uh, having arrhythmia issues uh, and also had cancer. And I really started to ask myself, what, uh, what's the reason behind this significant incidence of arrhythmic complications in cancer patients? And that was really right when cardio-oncology was starting to become um, a really a more developed specialty. And so I started to pursue it at that point and talking to people and developing some, some mentorship relationships with other individuals in the field and ultimately became more and more involved uh, with cardio-oncology. That's great. Um, and it's my understanding that the two of you have been integrally involved in the establishment of the Cardio-Oncology Center at USF the Mo and Moffitt. I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about sort of how that came about and how that evolved. How did it get started? What role did you all play? Um, how, did, how did this all come about? 
I mean, I, honestly, um, back when I was starting to get interested in cardio-oncology, I had reached out to several um, administrators at Moffitt to help um, de develop a program in cardio-oncology. And it was around the same time that they introduced me to Michael Fradley. And we hit it off. And there was about three of us, uh, three or four of us who met for the first time um, to discuss the cardio-oncology program. And Mike and I have had a wonderful relationship and we've been able to develop a clinic as well as an academic research and education program. And I would say Mike has really led these, this effort at Moffitt and, and it's over the last seven years, it's become an integral part of Moffitt Cancer Center. Well, thank you. I appreciate, uh, appreciate those, those very nice remarks and, and I agree. Um, Ruhi and I really have worked closely together from the beginning of the of the program uh, back in around 2014 in, in developing this and and I think that you know when we first started thinking about this program cardiology had a presence within the cancer center but it, it really didn't have a very clear role or a very clear programmatic vision and I think that we wanted to establish uh, a much more defined uh, cardiovascular um, program within the oncology center. And because cardio-oncology is at its core collaborative and multidisciplinary, having both a cardiologist and an oncologist involved to help define the vision and the mission, I think was essential. And I think you know the two of us just really worked really well together and, and helped to develop and formulate it. So I'm going to give you a little bit of an example of how important this was for Moffitt and for USF, especially for our patients. Um, so I have had a number of patients um, that had heart issues that before uh, we had a cardio-oncology pr uh, program at Moffitt and a lot of times um, reaching out to the community cardiologists who may have not been familiar with the drugs we give or the issues with our breast cancer patients or any cancer patients. It was really hard to connect and to be able to take care of the patient properly. But having Mike um, at the cancer center, having a cardio-oncology program at the cancer center helped both the physicians taking care of the patient and the patient feel that they were understood, they, the, the cardiologists already knew what drugs they were on, they, um, and they knew the importance of how, uh, that, how important it was to continue on the medications for their cancer. So it was exactly what we needed at Moffitt. That's excellent. Mike, do you want to elaborate at all on um, particularly this issue of patient care and how you know, working together is so critical in, a, in an institute like this? Absolutely, and and I think that really not only is it critical within you know a cancer center specifically, but I think it's really uh, critical in any sort of cardio oncology program, whether that exists in your traditional academic center in the community or in uh, a, a standalone cancer institute like Moffitt or MD Anderson. Um, the cardiologists and the oncologists really need to be working together and communicating in order to provide really the optimal oncologic as well as cardiovascular care to these patients. You know, I often say in a situation like this, the cardiologist is, is first mate, but the oncologist is captain of the ship. 
you know, we want to work and support the oncologist so that they are able to deliver the most effective treatments for their patients. Uh, we don't really want to inhibit that or get in the way of it. We want to support them and and make sure that we can maintain good cardiovascular health and safety for these patients. But in order to do that, we have to be working together. We have to be communicating. We have to be able to uh, come up with plans together that make sense. That's exactly right. Mike, I wonder if we can talk a little bit about one of the most unique things we have at Moffitt that we've started recently, which is a multidisciplinary clinic. Yeah, I think that's a great a great idea uh, to talk about in this in this format. So just yesterday, Mike and I saw a patient, uh, of course, anonymous, <laughs> a patient that had issues with uh, her uh, a pericardial effusion and her oncologist not being able to treat her because she was afraid of the impact the chemotherapy would make. So we have multiple patients like this in the cardio-oncology clinic that come in for both a second opinion from a cardiovascular uh, uh, perspective and oncological perspective. And Mike and I see these patients together in a multidisciplinary approach. So when the patient leaves and returns back to their oncologist and their cardiologist, they have both a cardiovascular uh, game plan and an oncological game plan. And they, they feel much more comfortable uh, leave, uh, continuing with their treatment, that someone understands both of their issues. Hmm. That's wonderful. Can you, that was, one of my questions was just if you could sort of maybe describe how patient, if a patient walks in and they're getting care, how do they end up at your center? What are the triggers that move them to the cardio-oncology center? Do you meet with all the patients together? Are there cases where one of you will meet with them and then you bring them together? Talk a little bit about how that uh, patient management works. Yeah, that's a great question. And I think it's, it's something that is a continual work in progress for all of us that do cardio-oncology, whether it's here locally at Moffitt or I'd say probably anywhere across the world, really identifying those patients that are best served in the cardio-oncology clinic. I think that it's it's pretty evident that if a patient develops some sort of cardiovascular problem in the midst of their cancer treatment, that that would be a natural individual who would make their way to uh, our program. Um, what is a little bit more complicated, and, and I think we are here working on identifying those patient populations that are at higher risk and who we think would benefit from early upfront cardiovascular risk assessment and the development of different risk mitigation strategies. So one example is the uh, patients who are receiving certain cancer therapies for chronic myeloid leukemia. Uh, they can lead to increased vascular toxicities. So the malignant hematologist oncologists are sending all of their patients to the cardio-oncology clinic for evaluation so that we can hopefully minimize that long-term risk. Hmm. Excellent. Anything else on that, Rui? So like from um, the oncology perspective, we're not sending all of our patients to cardio-oncology just because they are starting um, 
a high-risk drug like, say, Herceptin, uh, also known as trastuzumab, but there are patients that may have a lower EF or ejection fraction or may have a history of coronary artery disease that we are nervous about starting Herceptin on, that it's, uh, it's very important that they're co-managed by cardiology and oncology. And these patients are sent to cardio-oncology very early on, and Dr. Fradley and their oncologist follows them together. The, these patients, uh, we are more uh, cautious in these patients, obviously, because the drug that we are offering can significantly almost double their survival. So it's a drug that we don't, uh, we of course want to continue, and their cardiovascular status being optimized is so important. And, and so these patients are followed by an oncologist and a cardiologist throughout their therapy. Right. And you all are in a really unique position where you're able to work so closely together with patients. Are there other benefits that you see in having a cardio-oncology center rather than simply, you know, referring patients back and forth between cardiologists and oncologists and others? Well, I think the collaborative and integrative approach is really so essential. You know, it doesn't just involve one specific area. It does require a lot of communication. It involves um, uh, beyond simply the, the consultative visit. It includes uh, cardiovascular testing that needs to be completed, and then those results integrated into a care plan. So I think coming to an actual cardiovascular or a cardio-oncology center is really important because you are able to get that more comprehensive approach to your cardiovascular care in the context of your cancer. Absolutely. Um, and now you all were both, you know, very integral in starting this program. And I wonder if you could talk just a little bit about maybe some of the challenges that you faced along the way as you were trying to introduce a new program into, you know, a fairly large and and sophisticated uh, both university and and clinical setting. I think initially um, when we were trying to start the program, which predates Mike at Moffitt, it was so hard to find someone locally who was interested in cardio oncology because it was just starting. Most of our cardiologists. Um, did consults from the University of South Florida at Moffitt Cancer Center, but it wasn't their focus. And there's a big difference between a cardiologist who, see, who rotates through, sees a patient once, does a consult, and they never see that cardiologist again, versus a cardio-oncologist who knows the drugs, sees a patient, and follows them through. And they are the same cardio-oncologist this patient follows up with. The continu continuity of care is so important for our patients. So yes, it, it was very tough for us to find someone who fit perfectly. And we are very blessed to have Dr. Fradley. But now that cardio-oncology has taken off, there are many, uh, as, uh, there are many fellows who are actually graduating from a cardio-oncology program who are quite interested and are focused in this. And I think the next uh, generation of oncologists have it much easier than we did because they know there are uh, cardiologists out there who are already focused on cardio-oncology. Would you agree, Mike? Yeah, I agree completely um, with, with those comments. Um, you know, I think that as is the case with any um, fledgling program, you know, one of the, one of the biggest um, challenges 
for any individual that wants to start a cardio-oncology program or anything that's novel is demonstrating value to the organization. And I think we were both very fortunate that uh, the leaders of both Moffitt and USF uh, were able to see our vision. But I do think that right off the bat, you do need to come prepared to uh, explain and demonstrate how cardio-oncology will, will be valuable to the organization in whatever way that organization values things, whether it is patient satisfaction, whether it is financially, et cetera. Um, and so being prepared from that standpoint will be essential when you come when it comes to starting up any sort of a program. Um, I think that, um, you know, also from a cardiologist perspective, you have to definitely be knowledgeable about cancer. Um, you have to be able to communicate with oncologists in their language. And you will lose credibility if you are unable to uh, communicate and have those sorts of conversations. You need to be familiar with the different treatments. You need to be familiar with the different acronyms. Um, and I think that the more you engage, the more you have conversations, and the more trust the oncologists have in you to provide good quality care for their patients. That's so challenging and so helpful. What do you think are maybe both of you the biggest obstacles to um, say somebody who's studying to be an oncologist, somebody who's studying to be a cardiologist, what's the biggest challenge to getting them into cardio-oncology? I would imagine, Mike, as you're describing, if I've spent all my time focused on cardiology and now I almost feel like I have to learn a whole new discipline, how do you bridge that gap? Well, I think that nowadays it's a bit easier because this field has become so um, much more a part of the mainstream cardiovascular training and even now onto the oncology training. I think when when Ruhi and I were, were first getting involved in this, we had to do a lot of this independently and, and learn on our own, but we're recognizing the, uh, the importance of this field and now we're incorporating these educational programs into the traditional training programs for both cardiologists and oncologists. And beyond that, we are now also establishing cardio-oncology fellowships so that individuals can spend a dedicated year learning how to take care of these patients, uh, learning how to uh, communicate effectively, getting involved in academic endeavors to expand our scientific understanding of the field of cardio-oncology. I have to second exactly what Mike said. Um, from the oncology perspective, this was much harder um, when I had just graduated from my oncology fellowship. Although, you know, you realize, you, you spend very little time on discuss, uh, discussing cardiovascular side effects of our drugs. In fact, uh, we recently did a survey of Florida oncologists and Florida cardiologists through Dr. Diego Sadler um, from the Cleveland Clinic. And it's amazing to us that um, only, say, uh, very few few oncologists were aware of the cardiovascular side effects of drugs that very commonly cause cardiovascular uh, side effects, including drugs like 5-FU. So that just tells us that maybe the training on oncology has not concentrated on the cardiovascular side effects, which is uh, which is really worrisome. 
And so I think now things are changing, even on the oncology training side, that there's much more um, concentration on, discuss on discussing side effect profiles of these drugs, especially with recent papers that have come, have come out. A recent study have shown that breast cancer survivors, they're living longer. 10 years out, these early stage, stage breast cancer survivors survive their breast cancer, but almost 20 to 25% of them um, have cardiovascular mortality. So that's very concerning. And so uh, with that knowledge, our focus is definitely shifting. And along those lines then, do y'all, could you describe any research that, that you're involved in, either you personally or as, as institutions that you're involved in? You want to tell them a little bit about our breast cancer study that we did when we first started, Mike? Sure. Um, you know, from a, a research standpoint, we are quite active and um, both with projects that are centered primarily here at, at Moffitt and USF, as well as participating in projects that are at multiple institutions. But one that uh, Ruhi and I worked on here at this uh, organization was uh, evaluating the role of a comprehensive cardiovascular risk reduction program in women with uh, breast cancer who are receiving cardiotoxic cancer therapy, so specifically anthracycline uh, or uh, trastuzumab perceptin. And we evaluated really a holistic approach which incorporated uh, exercise interventions, nutrition interventions, nursing interventions uh, to help with psychosocial support, et cetera, to see if that ultimately improved different outcomes. And we looked at things like quality of life uh, evaluations as well as um, exercise endurance and uh, vital sign changes, et cetera. And so that's something that uh, we're finishing up and, and will hopefully uh, be sending for uh, publication in the future. Beyond that, we've had multiple publications in the realm of immunotherapy, uh, working and collaborating with uh, individuals and other organizations, uh, evaluating arrhythmia issues in cancer patients. So it's an area that we are, are highly involved in and, and uh, quite productive in as well. We are, we are pushing cardio-oncology to become more involved in early phase clinical trials at Moffitt. Uh, recently, we just uh, presented an abstract, uh, Dr. Fadley and I, at San Antonio Breast Cancer Conference, looking at QT prolongation in patients who are on clinical trials, and a, a clinical trial that we did here at Moffitt, and the impact that has on, uh, on both safety and patient uh, experience. And so we, uh, we realized that cardio-oncology should not get involved later on in clinical trials, but right when an early phase one studies. And Moffitt is a huge phase one site. Um, and when it comes to clinical trials, we um, our majority of our trials are phase one. And so having um, cardio-oncology involved early on will help us manage the cardiovascular side effects earlier so that we can have these life-saving drugs um, that are found to be more safe for our patients. Sometimes these pa these drugs are ignored and they're deemed not safe very early on and because of potential cardiovascular effects that are just not well controlled. Well, that is so exciting. You all are really pioneers in this field and you're doing such wonderful work. 
maybe just comment on where do you see the future of cardio-oncology? Where are some of the needs and where are some of the most exciting opportunities from your perspective? Alexa, well, I think, <laughs> I think that, um, you know, from my perspective, there are a lot of areas that, um, you know, haven't been investigated at all. I mean, I think that, you know, cardio-oncology is exciting in large part because, um, you know, we really are still at the foundational level of this field, both clinically and academically. So there's really so much opportunity to advance the field and our understanding of, of how to best care for these patients and ultimately, you know, protect their cardiovascular system, both in the short and the long term. Um, but, you know, I think from my perspective, you know, oncology is constantly changing and there's constantly paradigm shifts in how um, cancer is being approached and treated. And so with the, the recent uh, uh, adoption of immunotherapies as a, as a very prominent treatment strategy for many different malignancies, I think that we're seeing many unique cardiovascular toxicities and really trying to learn how and why these things occur with the different immunotherapies is an area that's, that's really exciting and, and has a lot of opportunity for, for growth. Good. What about you, Rui? Um, I see that. Uh, so one of the things I've noticed a difference in is that when cardio-oncology started, a lot of the cardio-oncology conferences had many more cardiologists than oncologists. And I think this, uh, this field is opening up to oncologists' interest in cardio-oncology as well, which is very exciting to me because I, I think I could account on my hand how many oncologists were involved in cardio-oncology in the beginning, and it's growing. There are many more oncologists who are interested in sub-specialized training in cardio-oncology, and ICOS is very involved in developing that track for oncologists. So in the future, I do see a very collaborative cardio-oncology clinic or program at academic centers and in private practice. That's great. Is there, is there anything else that you all would like um, our listeners to know about the work that you're involved in? We have two new clin uh, clinical studies that are going to be opening at Moffitt to look at cardiovascular risks in breast cancer patients. Uh, mm -hmm. One is going to be, one is already open. It's in the metastatic setting at, uh, through, through um, uh, Dr. Exterman in the senior program. And another one called the Upbeat study will be opening soon to look at patients who are on adjuvant therapy to look at their cardiovascular side effects and, uh, and protecting uh, their heart while they're receiving therapy. Good. Anything else from you, uh, Michael? I would just say that, you know, for individuals that are interested in this field, I think that it's, it's an area that's really exciting. I think that it's an area that you can have really tremendous impact um, from a patient care standpoint as well as from an academic standpoint because we are still dealing with something that is in its relative infancy and that in the end it's an incredibly rewarding uh, field to be a part of. Um, it's a wonderful group of practitioners that are involved in it. Uh, as you can see from, you know, my relationship with, with Ruhi, and we work really great together, and the patients are incredible. And um, it really is a privilege to be able to be a part of, of their journey. And uh, I would say anybody that's interested in doing this will find that it is, it is truly 
uh, a group of people that um, are, are really incredible and inspiring. That's wonderful. I feel like you all really are exemplary in terms of what needs to be multiplied across the country and really across the globe in terms of what cardio-oncology is all about. So thank you both for the, the great work that you're doing. Thank you for your time today. Um, wonderful to hear of the quality of care that your patients are getting because of the, the cooperative work that you're doing. Thank if you, anybody, Yeah. If any of our listeners would like more information about cardio-oncology or ICOS, you can go to our website, which is ic-os.org. And there you'll find a number of helpful resources. So thank you both for joining me today. Thank you.